Gaming to Comics, episode 196. Brooks, I'm happily not traveling anymore and thus should sound way better. Yeah, you sound the same. <laughs> not calling. I'm like one of those sports reporters calling in from the phone to like a big time radio show who sounds absolutely terrible and everyone hates it. Yes. Well, the, this, the listeners of this show are all about sports talk radio. I'm sure of that. <laughs> so I, I stood by my word and followed up the My Hero Academia superpower. Okay. Your quirk. I am the good salt plum, individuality that can be dosed with senses without using instruments when cooking. What does that even mean? I have no idea. Read it one more time. Did I do it right? It's called what? Individuality that can be dosed with senses without... What is it? That, that, okay, that means nothing to me. Okay. Maybe I'd, rather have my, I'd, rather, I'd rather have my power of being an outlet for phones. It took me a few times to uh, get it to actually like translate, so perhaps I did it wrong, but whatever. That's what it spit out. Okay, well, I... I think I win. I think my power is more useful. All right. Well, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Which, as a reminder, is I can charge devices from a Super port useful. on my body somewhere. You could also just carry around, like, a battery pack. Yeah, yeah. but some, sometimes that shit fails. Whatever. Uh, you boys reliable. All right. Uh, <laughs> we've got a trio of uh, Tom King follow-up. Obviously, we've talked a lot about him recently. For the likes of Mr. Miracle and Heroes in Crisis and his Batman run. Um, so Comic-Con happened, obviously, since the last time we talked. Uh, while he was there, Tim Kong. Tim, <laughs> Who? Who? Tim Kong. Uh, Tom <laughs> King. <laughs> Mitch Garrods. Garrods. React to Heroes in Crisis Backlash. Actually, actually when, he, when he checks into, into hotels, he's uh, Tim Kong. Tim Kong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The, well... Tons of backlash from Heroes in Crisis. They have finally yeah. reacted to it. And what we got. Apparently, Mitch says it all made sense when bad things happen to characters. It's earned in a way. Everything led to that moment, and it had to be that. That's the point of that story. When you break, you do it out of character. You don't break in character. Uh, Tom King says Wally was my Flash growing up. He was the Peter Parker of the DCU. It was tough on him because it was like the symbol of rebirth, killing people. First of all, Wally doesn't murder anyone. That doesn't happen. There's heroism and being vulnerable. To always say I'm strong is not to be strong. It's to be arrogant. Okay, and that's it. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Well, I mean, look, I I think that because you and I don't have the same emotional connection to a lot of these characters. I mean, we know them. We know a handful of them anyway, right? So to me, it was just, it was just a, an interestingly told story that was a little hard to follow where shit was going down and people were dying. But I didn't feel emotionally disturbed by it. But I, I could see if this were a Marvel event where seemingly permanently – Characters that I w w you know was into or had a long connection to might have been I guess I guess upset maybe maybe I would have forgotten they were fake people uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah um, no it's they're fictional characters and these are fictional stories chill out I think is what I think even if you did some story of listen I Damian Wayne's my favorite character and I right when I got sort of back into reading comics they killed him off and I wasn't butthurt about it you were a little butthurt for well I mean I was down being like. Oh man, that sucks. So I just started like reading stuff again, but then I went back and like read his old stuff, and then I kept reading other stuff, and then he eventually came back to life because they're fictional characters and they do that. That's so, true. Whatever. Well, it's, his, it, his it, death it, produced it, like some it, of my favorite issues. I mean, if you're if you're patient, your favorite character will come back somehow. All right. I mean, it, it, the, the royal you. If you're yes. just patient, indeed, they'll, they'll come back on the scene. Sometimes so inexplicably. It. Okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> so while uh, Mr. Miracle was going on. Uh, good old uh, Tim Kong. That was on purpose. <laughs> uh, he revealed on Twitter at the time that he was putting a little Easter egg for his next kooky book out of DC 
within those pages. Uh, no one really ever caught on to it. Not that I saw. Yeah. Uh, then at Comic-Con, it was announced that uh, Strange Adventures from from the same uh, group uh, and Evan Shaner about to go on some Strange Adventures the day after Mr. Miracle won Michael Eisner Awards, which we'll talk about. Next year, next series would focus on the cosmic hero Adam Strange. And in the last, almost the last panel, it's definitely the last page, I think, uh, Mr. Miracle, who throughout the course of the run had been wearing uh, various superhero t-shirts, is wearing right. an Adam Strange t-shirt. And okay. We all, that, we all that, missed that. I mean, I mean, I think, yes, big, well, again, because you and I don't have that much of a foothold in the DC universe that way. But I will say that whereas I had virtually nothing on Mr. Miracle, and so I went into that series very like, let's do this, and got a little lost, but certainly could appreciate the quality of the storytelling. I feel the same way about this book that I know nothing of coming up. Uh, I know, yeah, zero. So, I mean, I think that, that whatever curveballs they throw – Hopefully not too much deep cut DC knowledge, and you know I assume it's going to be twisty and turny as per usual. Uh, should be good. All right. Well, listen, that's that's the whole point of getting these creators to keep doing characters like this because this is a character that I would never read otherwise, just like Mister Miracle was, and I enjoyed Mister Miracle, and I assume that I will enjoy this. I also enjoy when creative teams stick together. Me too. Like that. Big fan. Me too. Uh, much like uh, who was it last week? Lemire and Sorrentino doing uh, the Joker book. Lemme <laughs> and Soatino. Yeah, you know those too. Hey, hey, doing the hey. joke. <laughs> we go way yes. back. Ex- exactly. I'm walking here. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I agree. Agree. Hundred percent. All right. So uh, to talk some books this week. We reviewed Collapser number one. This is number one of a six issue miniseries out of DC's Young Animal imprint, which is of course run by Gerard Way of yes. Umbrella Academy fame and My Chemical Romance. This book in particular is written. By his brother and bassist of the band, Mikey Way, as this being his first comic book. Um, this is about a DJ. Um, it's got clearly has some issues in life, uh, trying to make it big. Um, it's got some, I would say, some mental problems. Obviously, a lot going through his head. Um, right. Lets things get to him very easily. Uh, try to, so, trying to make it as a DJ, gets this mysterious gift left to him from his dead mother who had left long ago. Uh, currently works at a like a retirement community, um, and this first issue kind of follows a day in his life at work, and in the evening of of getting a gig, all whilst kind of forgetting that this mysterious package showed up on his doorstep, and then coming home to to sort of fall into the trap of whatever you know has been waiting for him in that package, without sort of going too in depth and into everything. Uh, this this first issue I thought did a good job of. Clearly, there's going to be a, a crazy world here, which we are let into yeah. in those last few pages. Right. But I thought it did a good job for a first-time writer of, you know, a complete first story, first issue, giving you quite a bit of background on this one character. Um, so I don't know how many characters they're going to introduce, obviously, but uh, I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of, of this guy, of what he's going through, what his situation is in life. Um, I felt bad for poor Mr. Edgar, who he never got to play chess with that day, because I kept oh, thinking, no. like... I was like, you know, he's clearly not going to get to play chess with him. And why do I have this suspicion that he's going to die or something crazy is going to happen with that box? And this may be the last time he sees Mr. Edgar. That kept going through my head. <laughs> like, uh, but I thought they did a good job of setting up a story. Um, I, I kind of, I really dug the art. Uh, I love that it's a six issue thing. I've liked a, a decent amount of this young animal stuff. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised. Okay. So that feeling you had, uh, it's called foreshadowing. That's the, that's all that 
yes. happened. Yeah, there you it's, go. You're, you're a victim. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. So let's, let's dial it back here. So the book opens with like an interstellar type thing. A person's been downed by some something, something on a, on a planet that is not ours. Is she's she's dead, and these people come to collect the thing that made her dead. And by the time they can like make it happen, it's gone. And this could be potentially the gift that he receives in this book. I'm just putting that out there. And the, what we get at the, at the at the end of the book, where again, as you mentioned, kind of downtrodden, working elder care, shines a very positive light on that whole. Thing. And then his DJ gig also not going well. And next thing you know, he's no longer where he begins when the story starts. Right. And that's basically where it's at i will say though that i'm not as floral about it as you are i didn't love i i didn't i didn't actually love the art that much i thought that it's it, looked, it was a little bit it wasn't as crisp as i would have expected on something like a like a panel by panel swipe it okay. just wasn't it just wasn't it, it, yeah i i didn't love it and i went into it thinking to myself well clearly there's, there's, a, there's a, a pedigree here the way boys are doing their thing but i thought i mean i, I would give the it way to boys. me the way brothers a seven, I think. Okay, what, what, that's respectable, what, though. What, what, yeah, yeah. So I didn't think it sucked. I think the cover was much better than, than the book itself, and I'm sorry to say it, but the cover was it was it was, it was a, a, especially good. Well, listen, you read books for the cover alone, so that's, that's what drew you in. That's why I drink bottles of wine sometimes. Beautiful cover. Well, listen, that's respectable. A seven. I mean, so not these, that I would go super high. I might just giving it like a B, B, B minus. Um, I'm interested. Again, so I know these, we always reiterate this. Um, but six issues, I, I haven't subscribed. It might be one of those things if it's a slow week and I see it when I'm going, cause I always go through the, the new releases on comiXology. Maybe I'll sure. pick it up. Uh, maybe I'll read the six issues when it's done. Uh, you know, that type of scenario, but I've, I've read a lot of, like I said, a lot of the young animal stuff. I don't see why I wouldn't eventually get to this. Like I did the others. Um, so, you know, good on you, Mikey way. So you're going to stick with it here and there perhaps. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, keep us posted. Perhaps I will. Uh, but next week. That we have a a big week of number ones that we'll get to, starting with uh, Batman: Curse of the White Knight, number one of eight. This is the follow up to Sean Murphy's fantastic Batman: White Knight. Uh, the Joker recruits Azrael to help him expose a shocking secret from the Wayne family's legacy and to run Gotham City into the ground. As Batman rushes to protect the city and his loved ones from danger, the mystery of his ancestry unravels, dealing a devastating blow to the Dark Knight. Exciting new villains and unexpected allies will clash in this unforgettable chapter of the White Knight saga and the truth about the blood they shed while will shake Gotham to its core. I mean, so let's, let's go back. White Knight, great story. This is when the Joker sort of goads Batman into basically drugging himself, the Joker that is, into being normal, mm-hmm. and, uh, sane, I guess. And the, and the whole thing just pivots on, who's the real bad guy here? Batman, who was, who was torn, torn up for a city under the auspices of being like a vigilante justice person, or what? So that story concluded, I think, nicely, but it was just so well done. The fact that they're, they're going like, to reopen this whole thing, I, I'm down. I, I, I hope it holds a candle to the first one because it was just so good. I, you know, I don't know what else Sean Murphy has done in between then. I, I easily probably could have looked that up, but I'm not going to. But I haven't seen his name <laughs> out there. So perhaps he's – they've just like you know released this fantastic Batman story. Uh, it got a lot, of, a lot of pub, a lot of acclaim, critical acclaim. Um, and then, then maybe they've just been chilling back for a year or whatever, working solely on this thing. Um, I've got high hopes that it will hold a chop, hold, hold chops to it. Hold chop. Hold chop. I mean, obviously he's, he has done a, a ton of awesome stuff though, in general. Yes. Agreed. 
uh, he's did like the wake that we read, Punk Rock Jesus, Tokyo Ghost. Uh, it looks like the only thing that he he has nothing between those two things. By the way, All White right. Knight versus well, White Knight. So. This is his uh, his baby. Well, it was it was quite good. Yeah, I agree. Uh, elsewhere over at Marvel, we will check out House of X number one. This is also number one of a six issue series. Face the Future, Superstar writer Jonathan Hickman takes the reins of the X-Men universe. Since the release of Uncanny X-Men number one, there have been four seminal moments in the history of the X-Men. Giant Size X-Men, X-Men, Age of Apocalypse, New X-Men. Four iconic series that introduced a new era for Marvel's mutants and revolutionized the X-Men. In House of X, Charles Xavier reveals his master plan for mutant kind, one that will bring mutants out of the shadow of mankind and into the light once more. I mean, I'm excited for this just because it's Jonathan Hickman who's doing it. And they've put, and we'll discuss later, so many question marky it, turning things on its earsy i made that up that expression stuff to the x-men who are finally getting I mean, they're getting their 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 credence in marvel and in comics after years of being kind of like not so part of the main grain and uh, certainly in the movie space not nearly as popular or as regarded as what's happening in the mcu so uh, you know i've subscribed to it all okay fuck um, it. i mean i'm interested in checking it out uh, mainly because, listen, Marvel having the movie stuff back makes me more interested in X-Men. It doesn't mean I'll read every single X book that comes out because there's obviously always a ton of them. There's going to continue to be a ton of them as he redo- yeah. re- redoes all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, but to claim to to single out for titles like the preview does and like it, it seem like they're it seems like they're really hyping this. Is like this six issue miniseries type thing really supposed to be like a big event changing type deal? Well, so it's it's this, but it's also the book that's uh, Powers of Ten, which looks like Powers of, of X. It's so, it's so <laughs> I know, I know, but I I think it sounds really really great. Um, so th- those two books, which I think are both six books apiece, are going to basically pivot the entire line in a new direction. And and by the way, which we'll also discuss in, in moments, uh, is already being felt through solicits happening October, November out of the, out of the X book. So the, the, this, the, this apparently is like a really big deal for the X lines. Apparently I'm going to give it a shot. You're not going to stick with it, but, but I will, if it's good, I will. There's some, some of those books that I stuck with, okay. or maybe one of those books that I stuck with. Okay. As long as there was one. Uh, and you know, to those asking what that being the, I forget what it was even called. Was it the uncanny X-Men that Rosenberg and Kelly Thompson did together? And I think Brisson was on it. That's what I read that I liked, right? Yes. Okay. You, it, it took you a minute, but yes. All right. We even, we even discussed it with Kelly Thompson on yes, the show. she's the best. <laughs> uh, what else did you read this week? So I did get caught up on Event Leviathan number two uh, by Brian Michael Bendis, which you know we, we discussed this last week because you had gotten simultaneously caught up on this and Deceased, and you said you preferred this to that. Yes. And now that I got through this, I'm also on the fence. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. there, was a, there was a pretty good... You know, I, I thought this book was very well told. I mean, book one of Le- Le- Leviathan, we got a lot shoved down our throats about just what's happening with this mysterious society taking out you know, things like 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 the FBI and the CIA and but but, but fake places in DC, but <laughs> but still like mm-hmm. but 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 like orgs like this that, that are well established and have a, a, a certain foothold that lends them to being an, important and, and hard to uh, penetrate. Love that word. <laughs> anyway, but but th- this book did a very nice job of you know at the end of it being like ah damn. So I like that. 
uh, Uncanny X-Men number 22, uh, which is the final book of Matthew Rosenberg's run, which, again, extended out of what we just discussed, where he was taking some big liberties with just killing off character after character after character, which we, which we all, we in the comic industry, all, all felt like this is not going to stick. You see, he was killing people with just like mass non-prejudice, just people were just getting mowed down that were that were popular or at least – somewhat prominent the x-men sphere for years now that concluded okay and then age of x-men i'm sorry x-man omega which concluded that whole side universe thing and by the way these two books that that one that i just mentioned uh number 22 and this one are kind of like mirrored books where at one point they actually shared scenes because they were both concluding on top of each other it was fine i'm glad it's over it, it wasn't that good sorry okay it's, i love when you dish out the hard truth well that's what I do. So and now everything is like wiped clean with these X books. I think what's going to happen is when Hickman's run begins, I, I, I don't know how it's going to start, but I think that we're going to find that a lot of what we've been uh, fed over the last six months is just not going to matter. But he's just going to turn it on, on, on its head. That's my that's my thought. I did see Rosenberg respond to someone on Twitter who was like bashing his book and whatever he did to it just before Hickman was about to take over or whatever. And Rosenberg like kind of joked with them to say like, it's almost as if I knew what was going to happen when I was done and that Hickman was hired long before I ever was. <laughs> like, I just don't think normal people realize that. I'm sure when he took over the book, it was probably like, Hey, uh, Hickman's been hired to like do this thing later in the year. So, you know, here's what you can do. Um, and maybe, maybe even like what you do is not really going to matter that much because Nickman's just going to reboot it, everything. Right. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I got to, cause I've been got a couple of bigger projects at work that has been taking up too much of my time. And then I was in, inundated with all the Comic-Con stuff that I was following, which yeah. we'll talk, but talk about soon, but was the debut of Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen out of DC. Uh, we've been reading, reading a lot of DC, uh, but this is written by Matt Fraction, drawn by Steve Lieber. Fraction, obviously, of, you know, Hawkeye fame. Uh, Lieber's drawn things like Superior Foes of Spider-Man and The Fix with Nick Spencer. This was uh, something that I was very much looking forward to that we both kind of missed last week on the number ones. It probably should have been a, a dual number one. Sure. Um, there's clearly going to be something here. I, I've, I didn't know anything really about Jimmy Olsen going into it uh, and having read some of this stuff. But there's the typical Fraction tone in this of of humor of good storytelling much like you just talked about bendis's books just being very well done and yeah. storytelling like it's matt fraction is no different uh this is going to be very enjoyable I'm, I'm certain of that uh there's some some cool different things that they do like the book is kind of like split up into and they make it seem like it's kind of like four different stories but it's really just like it easily could be told without these little snapshots, but there's like little cues that say something. It's almost like as if it's a TV show coming back from commercial and it's like, Oh, Jimmy Olsen's boss, Perry white in, and they like name this like next six page spread, some like funny title or whatever. Uh, it's just like a quirky little thing that this book probably deserves and makes it a little more fun. Uh, but you know, we, it's Jimmy Olsen is newspaper reporter pals with Superman. Um, he's getting the, the daily planet into, uh, some problems with the stunts that he's been doing and they want to send him off somewhere else to where he's not destroying Metropolis. And then the story comes out that, that they play it off as someone killed Jimmy Olsen and he is uh, stuck in Gotham as he looks out the window. So uh, I assume the story is going to go all over the place and certainly trust Matt Fraction to tell a good one. So overall you liked uh, it. Yeah, very much. 
Okay, well, maybe I'll investigate. I, I almost, I I almost got it myself. I almost got it myself, but uh, yeah, my commutes have been real hellacious this last couple of days. Just bad heat, the rain, bad. Although I am moving, so that'll be good. Yeah, perfect. All right, well, there's a lot of news to talk about this week, so let's kind of just start plowing through some of this. All right, so I have to wait to leave with this. Let's just get out of the way. All right, so this is difficult to sort of quickly discuss. So in the wake of 9-11 and in the wake of, of uh, San Diego Comic-Con, <laughs> they have Very announced nice. all, all – all, thank you – all of these all of these new X books that are going to be coming out in the fall after this House of X, Powers of Ten is at least pretty primed. And among the things that they have discussed is – they have announced – this is just nuts. So this is so hard to unpack. <laughs> 30 years ago, Psylocke was a British telepath who got body swapped with an Asian assassin, and most people these days know her of looking like this character. Well, they finally got body swapped back this earlier this year. So Psylocke's back on her original body. The Asian assassin is also on the scene. Silic is now going to become the new Captain Britain in a separate book called Excalibur, which has been around for a long time in Marvel. Mm-hmm. So she's she's she's, she's going to be doing that. Her her Asian body that she had, that Asian assassin named Quanon, is now going to be renamed Silic, and it's getting her own book. So it's like what did, did did I do a decent job there? Explain. Do you have any questions? Like, does that make any sense? Uh, not really. No. So it would be like if me and you swap bodies for thirty years. And then finally we get swapped back, and then I just changed my name to Alan. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what? Because you've known me so long as this person that – just call me Alan from now on. Even though though I'm Brooks again, it doesn't make any sense. Okay. So does this mean you're excited to read these things? I I, I mean, so so perhaps I've read it over this, and (laughs) it's – and it's like people that have been Psylocke fans proper, any iteration that you could think of, are a little bit concerned, as am I a little bit, that you're now going you're gonna to put in a body that people don't remember her in for the last 30 plus years, even though it's the right body, but not one that she's identified with by the populace. And you're going to give away her name to the person that, 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 that people recognize as being her body, even though it's not. So it's just it's, – it's, it's a confusing like where is, where is this all going to shake out? Because, again, she's been called Psylocke for like 40 years. And so you know, uh, Hickman and Sabula uh, uh, out of uh, Marvel have been like, well, this is like when Carol Danvers became Captain Marvel and she gave the Miss Marvel title to Kamala Khan. That's what this means. But it still feels like at least Marvel was in her name. Like yeah. you're, you're giving her like a, a new look. Slash old look and I put the new name, even though she was Captain Britain also a long time. It's just it's confusing and it it calls into question what is your long term plan with this? Because it's just because, it, it, you know, the 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 person that's going to be called Psylocke going forward was in Rosenberg's run for a couple of issues wearing the, the costume that people recognize as Psylocke with a similar power set, even though she never had that those powers before they swapped bodies. It's just it's a little bit like, what are we doing here? I almost, I, 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 I almost trying to like have your cake and eat it too, right? Like, like, so you're not happy that we put Silic back on her original Caucasian body. How about we resurrect the body that she was masquerading in for 30 years? We give it a similar power set, and we'll just call that body Silic and call it a day. You, you know what I'm saying? And then also Silic will be Captain Britain. 
Yes. Yeah, so, and also, you should buy both books. <laughs> <laughs> Comic books, everybody. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know where. And, and you know what? Though I'm in that category of which would I buy? Like, this is the this is like my Brooks. What is your character here? Do you like Sonic as a character, or did you just like the way that she appeared and that she could fight and had like psychic knives? Which do you like? I'm like, Ooh. I don't know. I thought that it was the the first thing I said, which is the character itself, regardless of her appearance. But now I'm not so sure. Ooh, so maybe that's the whole point. Now you that, do have to buy everything to figure out who you actually like. How much is it going to cost me? Oh my god, money's no object. It's a little bit of an object. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so, well, thank you for unpacking all of that. Good luck understanding what I... Anyway. All right. Well, the biggest news of the Comic-Con event uh, was obviously Saturday night and Marvel uh, dominating the press coverage to uh, to put out their two-year plan of Phase 4, which involves movies and TV shows on Disney+. Plus. Um, so what would be the... Maybe I just run down the chronological order in which these things will appear, and we sort of just give some quick thoughts on those. Okay. Does that work? Sure. All right. So up first, currently shooting, opens May 1st, 2020, is the Black Widow movie directed by Kate Shorten, Shorthand. Uh, stars, obviously, Scarlett Johansson, David Harbour, uh, Rachel Weisz, some other peeps. Uh, are we interested in this? Big time. Um, I'm very happy that, that Scarlett's getting her own character. I think that's, that speaks a lot to what she did with the role coming from a, a side note, pretty much, in Iron Man 2. Uh, to them being pivotal through a lot of a lot of the Avenger team ups, yeah. Um, you know, people. I've already heard people complaining of you know, there will be no stakes in this movie because we know she died in Endgame and blah blah blah. Um, I think it's a, a good way to kick off the new phase though with a familiar character, uh, putting another female out there. Um, you know, in a different kind of movie, like that she's obviously not a super powered being and isn't flying around like Iron Man. So I think it'll be interesting. I mean, I told you I'm for it. All right. After that, November 6, 2020, we have The Eternals. This is starring Angelina Jolie, Richard Madden, Kumal Nanjiani, Nanjiani, however you say his name, Brian Tyree Henry, Salma Hayek, Leah McHugh, and Don Lee. Chloe Zhao is directing the film, which Kevin Feige described as full-on Jack Kirby, a reference to the Cosmic Properties creator. All right, so I'm into it, but this is one of the situations where they are plucking characters like the Eternals that it's like the Inhumans weren't so popular when you tried to do this, which meaning like they weren't like household names. Right. But if but if done right, and of course they didn't cast names like Angelina Jolie and Sama Hayek uh, in Inhumans, but uh, I mean I think in the right hands it could be a really nice uh, complement and extension of what they've been doing in the MCU. So what they're banking on here is is – and I've read some people describe it as Guardians of the Galaxy being the most pivotal movie that, that Marvel had, had ever done. Just that it was a cast of characters that not many people knew, and they made it a highly successful thing. Uh, they yeah. took it into space. Uh, now they have, feel that they can just pull out any characters whatsoever. We will, they'll hire some good people. And, you know, Up-and-coming directors are taking these projects on now and being given some creative freedom to, uh, to work with, with big names. I mean, Salma Hayek. Angelina Jolie. I mean, they're, they're not screwing around with like who they're hiring for these things. Sure. Yeah. And you know, I don't, people like this don't want to attach their name to shitty stuff too. So, and I think a lot of these people are seeing the fun that other people are having. They want to get involved in this type of thing. And I assume there's gotta be some end credits thing in black widow that teases some bit of this. Um, but I'm, I'm interested. Listen, they haven't let us down for how long now. So cool. Let's see something new. 
Cool. All right. And then we move into some Disney Plus, which launches this fall, um, but the new shows will not start until 2020. Uh, so after The Eternals in fall 2020, we will get Falcon and Winter Soldier starring Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan. I'm not uh, that into that. And it that. will have uh, villain Baron Zemo in it, uh, played by Daniel Brühl, who played him in the movie. Um, so that will be the first TV show. I'm not super into this one, but no. And you know the characters. I, I love the Winter Soldier in the books, and the and I love the Captain America Winter Soldier movie. Uh, yeah. But, but his character beyond that movie has kind of just been like really put off to the side, and he just like in big battles shows up with a gun now, and it's like okay. Which is why, which is why I mean I would be more into just a Winter Soldier show. Yeah. Um, but can they make it? And I don't know what way they want to go. I mean the the Falcon character is is hit or miss with me. Uh, but obviously, there's some ramifications with with the shield now, and and Cap being gone. Uh, can they make this like a buddy buddy type thing? Uh, obviously, I'll watch it. I'm gonna watch and watch all these things. Obviously, I'll watch it. Uh, but not, yeah, not the most excited for this one as I am other ones. True. Then we go into February 12, 2021. This will be Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Star Simu Liu, Simu Liu as Marvel's first Asian leading man. It will also star Tony Leung as the real Mandarin. And Aquafina is also the star uh, in the film, which is being directed by Destin Daniel Cretton. Oh, man, I like this. You like this? I do. What do you know of, of Shang-Chi going into it? Nothing, but I know the Mandarin. Okay. Which, uh, which, uh, which when, when we got that misdirect uh, in Iron Man 3? Yes. Um, I was like, what the – first of all, it, it, I mean, my, like most people, I was like, Bing's, Bing Kingsley is not Asian. That's the first hard pass – and then it wound up being a complete ruse. So to see this get picked up, I'm into it. And they did the uh, All Hail the Chief Thief, whatever it was called, the the short from that that was on the DVD that, that the real manor was out there and was not happy that Ben Kingsley's character was doing this. And then as they showed the the teasers for this, apparently there was a Ten Rings in the first Ant-Man movie that people may not have picked up on. I think it was like tattooed on somebody or written somewhere. Uh, they sprinkled little things in there. So... Yeah, again, after the Eternals, the next movie will be Shang-Chi. So introducing some new characters right up front. Uh, so Scar- Scarlet has quite the task of pulling every- everybody back into a new phase to set up some new characters. I'm excited. Next on the list will be Spring 2021 Disney Plus series WandaVision starring Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany. Uh, following It follows the events taking place after Endgame as Wanda deals with the loss of her partner Vision. Captain Marvel character Monica Rambeau, who was a child in that film, will appear as an adult and be played by... T- Yona Paris. Uh, so this will be this will be out. Um, obviously, start, starring the big guns. I'm very interested in, in this series. One, uh, and just to tease a little bit, and we'll talk more about the Doctor Strange movie coming up. But this storyline teases into Doctor Strange, and obviously Scarlet Witch is one of my favorite characters. Uh, I've loved their the interactions with with her and Vision and, and the books. And a lot of people complaining like, oh, I thought Vision died in Infinity War. To me, I think there's potential here. I don't know if it will happen, but Scarlet Witch has been like a wuss in these movies thus far. Can we agree on mm-hmm. that? Yeah, I mean, she did bust that whole like he took everything from me and then yeah. you know, del- and then delivered on it. I think I'm still like upset over the Infinity War when she and Vision get like cornered by those people and they get saved by Scarlet and Falcon and Cap. And I'm like Scarlet Witch and Vision would bust these people up. Like they should be getting help from you two, not the not the other mm-hmm. way, anyways. To explore her character a bit more, like, can she do some of the reality altering stuff and bring Vision back? Can she like, 
that's what I think that, that's what I think this whole show is. is yeah. her, she's created this whole reality. Yeah, just, please it, do this. And furthermore, also, like take her. I commented on Twitter like, if you're going to make her a bigger thing, where she's going to show up in some other movies, potentially do things like this, get me a house and house of M movie in like five years. And furthermore, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> anyways, so that's coming in spring 2021. Then we get also around that same time Loki starring Tom Hiddleston. This follows him after he picks up uh, the stone in Endgame uh, and where he's been and what he's been up to in that reality sense. Cool. Like it. Yeah. All right. And then the next movie will be a Doctor Strange sequel. It will be titled Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. It hits theaters May 7th, 2022. Olsen Scarlet Witch will appear in the film and her series WandaVision will lead into the movie. Filmmaker Scott Derrickson, known for his horror work, described it as Marvel's first scary movie. Like it. Love like it. I like, I, I like that. Yes, this is. I think this is what has huge implications for just the entire phase moving forward. Um, Bringing multiverse stuff. Kevin Feige said on stage, just because um, Mysterio, Quentin Beck, you know, joked about a multiverse, he just didn't realize that it actually does exist. So, uh, opening up all kinds of crazy storytelling. After that, we go to Disney Plus for the animated series "What If." This will hit in summer twenty twenty one. Uh, like Jeffrey Wright well. will be voice the all-seeing watcher, and a number of the MCU actors will reprise their roles to voice the uh, animated selves. I like that. I I love this uh, series as a book as a kid. Mm-hmm. Just, just just really like throwing out some kooky like, what if I, I'm making this like, what if Spider-Man joined the Fantastic Four? What if this other thing happened with the Dark Phoenix saga? And we just like, hmm, you see, it wasn't good. It wasn't the, it? Wasn't just like this should be the way it should be. It was always like, yeah, we did it right the first time. Yeah, I like this. And then, uh, apparently fall 2021, we get a Disney Plus show Hawkeye event series that will star Jeremy Renner, who strolled out on stage and will feature fan-favorite comic book character Kate Bishop, a young protege of the Archer. Um, now, they are using the Matt Fraction Hawkeye logo. The the teaser, not footage, um, but sort of animated yeah. teaser yeah. video that Jeremy Renner showed was very clearly in the same vein as that Hawkeye Um same sort of art style. Listen, if they, my, my biggest concern is can Jeremy Renner play that Hawkeye? Cause that is not the Hawkeye that has been in the movies. Yeah, that's true. And uh, going, go, going back though, I, cause I watched somebody filming from their phone, this, that animated thing. And when they clearly showed that Kate Bishop was a part of this and the crowd went wild, I was like, I got goosebumpy. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like, yep. That's that going to be a big great. role. That's going to be very interesting cast, um, casting news when it comes out. Cause obviously bringing her into the fold can, can extend Hawkeye back into the movies, can do young Avengers, can do all sorts of stuff, um, that she's been a part of most recently. And I, and I was listening to, to one podcast talk about what Kevin Feige has been good at. And this will dovetail perfect into the last movie, but is eyeing what has been popular in books recently and playing off of that. So you see some of those storylines come out, you know, basically, obviously the way that Captain Marvel was, was styled um, to look exactly like the Kelly, Kelly Sudaconic book, uh, that type of stuff, using that, that Hawkeye logo, picking up on this Kate Bishop. Um, let's do it. These are things that people are loving nowadays. So just make it happen. And then it goes into, the last, the last bit, which is Thor: Love and Thunder, will debut November fifth, twenty twenty one, from the same filmmaker that brought you Thor: Ragnarok, which basically everyone loved. Uh, this this brings back Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson, 
And then in a, in a big twist of things revealed that Taika, who is the director, um, had been reading Jason Aaron's run, the mighty Thor, which obviously sees, sees, uh, Jane Foster become female Thor. And Natalie Portman came back out on stage and she will become a female Thor in this movie. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think anyone saw that coming. She has not really been seen since the Dark World in 2013. Um, somewhat used in in Endgame. I, yeah, never would have thought that she'd be back in the fold. Now she's going to be Thor. Uh, she has a picture of her holding the hammer, and she said this could be my before photo because I guess she's going to hit the weights a little bit. So I'll be mm. interested to see uh, how she pulls that off. Yeah, me too. I like it. So that is the full slate. You got Black Widow, Falcon, Winter Soldier, Eternal, Shang-Chi, WandaVision, Loki, Doctor Strange, and the Multiverse of Madness, What If, Hawkeye, and Thor and Love and Thunder. And then to those that didn't see the news, to just take it right into what, what the actual show was, uh, Kevin Feige talked about uh, not having the time to go through a lot of other stuff. He said He basically said, obviously we're making a Black Panther 2. We're obviously making a Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Captain Marvel 2, those things are in the works. They're just not in the next two years. Um, and he also made mention of Fantastic Four. And not, the mutants. Not having time to talk about mutants. Uh, but he did have one more surprise. Uh, and that surprise was Academy Award winner Mahershala Ali coming to the stage and donning a Blade hat with the Blade logo. And they're going to be making the Blade with Mahershala Ali. Which means they're introducing vampires into the MCU. <laughs> so they're just going all out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw the stories about that, but basically Mahershala called them and said, I want in and I want to play Blade. And they said, okay. <laughs> like, uh, we're not going to turn you down. You're an Academy Award winner. Uh, yeah, we've worked with you a little bit before in the, the Marvel Netflix series. So let's make it happen. They they did say it's not going to be obviously within this next two years, but maybe the character, maybe they greenlight it since everyone seems so excited about it. Maybe he shows up in one of these movies and does something. You know, you never know, but we got the got that to look forward to. I'm excited, loving it. We we talked a few times about the the most exciting thing being not knowing what was coming next, and now that we do know, uh, it's even more exciting. Um, Disney's D23 conference is next month. Apparently, there's going to be potential footage and, and more stuff shown there. Uh, so uh, we might even get a little bit more clues. Cool. All right. So I mentioned that Guardians Galaxy 3 was not in that. James Gunn did tell people on Twitter that's because he is finishing... Um, what's that stupid movie he's doing with DC? Why can't I, I don't know. A Suicide Squad. Oh. Uh, yeah. So he's finishing that and then working on Guardians of the Galaxy 3 since they rehired him back. Uh, Marvel's nice. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will end in 2020. How is this show still going on? I don't know. All right. Well... You know, it it actually embraced the MCU and like did its part to bring in some characters and do the thing. Um, so great on them for carrying a show for that long because it, it was almost canceled a couple times. I think I definitely stopped watching long ago, but clearly others never stopped. <laughs> Good for them. <laughs> uh, Mr. Miracle wins big at the 2019 Eisner Awards. Good for them. So I hedge my bets. I did not vote for Kelly Thompson. I voted for um, Tom King. Tim slash, Tim, slash Tim Kong. <laughs> uh, and, and, and my vote counted, apparently. All right. Well, they and, win well, Best Limited Series. Uh, Tom King also won Best Short Story. Mitch Jarrett's won something. Yeah. Also, also so did Dustin win. Good for him. Yep. Jeff Lemire and Andrew Sorrentino won Best New Series for Gideon Falls. Uh, so lots of stuff that we read. Uh, Tom King, Mr. Miracle, you know, well-deserved. Um, Kelly Thompson deserved. De- definitely awesome that she was nominated. Uh, maybe she will win someday. She she certainly is one of the best writers going right now. Yeah, stiff competition. No offense. Uh, Amazon has already renewed The Boys for a second season. 
So this comes out on the 26th, Friday, mm-hmm. um, which I, I see ads for this all over the subway. Uh, I'll certainly watch it, but it must be good enough that they've already given it the old uh, green lighty poo. Yeah, that's uh, they put out a final trailer today, which I have not watched yet, uh, but I'm I'm down to watch this at some point. It's always crazy that when they renew things before they ever, I mean, how do you know people are going to watch it and like it? Uh, but whatever, already renewed, cool, excellent. Uh, I've already been through some of this stuff, so to f- uh, finish it up, um, Arrow Arrowverse stuff. Yes. So all tell right. me about what's going on there. So I don't watch Arrowverse at all. I I, I have respect for it. It obviously shows up in on websites that we do read and or or like reddits that we read or feeds that you might get that it's supposed to be very well made and they're good about having crossovers between the shows which i'm a big sucker for so it's weird that i don't actually watch same any any of the shows but they have brought they're, they're gonna be doing a crisis on infinite infinite earths thing uh which if you didn't know casual listeners involved sort of the different universes within dc over the years we're talking like silver and gold and all this stuff together so different versions of different characters are going to be running around on the same screen and so they've actually brought back burt ward who played robin in the 1960s version of batman to play a version of robin and they bring back brandon routh who played superman like 15 years ago Superman Returns, Brian Singer's version, mm-hmm. to play versions of those characters, which I just think is cool that they managed to do that. Very cool. I've seen some people say they should have got Tom Welling to play. Do that too. Yeah, make it happen. I mean, I think he has, has been on one of the shows, but not as a, as as Clark Kent or Superman. He just yeah. played some, just played somebody. Yeah, one of our friends or my brother will chime in for the answer. Yeah, I, I I do need to know Ryan's thoughts on this. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. Speaking of Ryan actually did mention from the last episode when we were talking about, uh, what was the book that was like a hundred thousand issues more than deceased? Uh, cat, uh, black cat, black cat. Yeah. He said maybe it had something to do with all the, um, God, why can't I think of the, all the alternate covers? And I'm like, variant? Oh, yeah, the variant? variant covers. I'm like, well, that, that wouldn't account for like a hundred thousand though. So well, maybe they made, maybe they made lots and lots of variant covers. Maybe they made a hundred thousand of them and they all got bought <laughs> and they're a dollar a piece. <laughs> Yeah, so maybe we should watch the Arrowverse sometime, but at this point, it's like many seasons in and many shows going. So. Yeah, yeah well, where do you start? Ask Ryan if you had to start an Arrowverse situation, where do you begin? Yes. Which show I, and at what which, point? Yes, exactly. Make I mean, it, Make well, it friendly to the watcher. I don't see it happening for me, but I want to know. Yeah. Just in case. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> uh, I find myself in a bunker post-apocalypse, and all we have is Arrowverse-related things to watch. Yes. Then I will tune in. First world problems. All right. Well, tune in next week when we check out Batman Curse of the, Curse of the White Knight number one and House of X number one, two big books out of DC and Marvel. And uh, this episode was a little longer than normal, but Comic-Con will do that to you. You know it. Hit us up at too many comics.com. Find us online. I've been reading too many comics.